from their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. And here we are. It's morning still on the West Coast and in Arizona. It's uh, 11 o'clock here in Arizona, 10 o'clock on the on the Pacific Coast. And obviously, I think it must be 1 o'clock over on the, the East Coast where they're you know, maybe coming back from lunch. Uh, and I'm Pete Peters. This is the Boomer and the Babe Show. Uh, we're babeless today. Uh, babe is out. Uh, Deborah is out working with clients and doing some of the publishing things that we have as part of our as part of our activity, so she's going to be uh, unavailable to us today. Uh, so I just want to recall, remind everybody that uh, if you recall, we have a online magazine called Boomer Experience Speaks. You can get to that via our website, boomerandthebabe.com. We invite you to do that. Sign up for our mailing list, and you will be receiving that as part of everything else that we have. Uh, about every four to six weeks, we send out a new uh, new issue of the online magazine. Online magazine has a lot of people that have been on our show, guests, and they contribute articles. And we have some of our uh, some of our other show hosts that we have also uh, that are putting articles in from time to time. So we hope you'll enjoy that. Most people seem to have a good following with that, and maybe you can become part of that. Uh, today we have a very interesting guest. Her name is Judy Gammon. And Judy Gammon is a talk show host on Sirius Radio syndicated show as well and she has uh, co-authored some books authored some uh, other pieces i'm sure and she's a speaker and we're going to be talking about health care today uh how to stay young uh, 10 easy steps uh is uh, one of the books that she's uh, penned and we'll be talking about that and we're going to talk about some other issues judy welcome to the boomer the babe show Hey Pete, thanks for having me on. Now I'm not sure how any woman would take it when you say you're babeless, and then you say, and then we have a female guest on. <laughs> oh well, you know, what? here's the thing. I don't, I don't know you well enough, but sometimes, sometimes I will ask the female guests if I happen to have known them longer than ten minutes prior to the show, if, when Deborah's not here, if they would like to be the guest babe. <laughs> Well, I definitely want to be the guest babe. So when we get to the ten minute mark, maybe you know we can talk. Well, but I appreciate well, we've already you to be on. We've already had our ten minutes together before the show, so I guess we'll call you the we'll have you the guest babe. How's that? Yay! There <laughs> <laughs> you go. There well, you, you know, go. you tell any woman over forty that she's a babe in any way, and and that's good. <laughs> that's a great way to to get points. So, <laughs> uh, so I've won, so I've won your heart today, huh? That's right. <laughs> well, thanks well, for having me on, Pete. I mean, you have you guys have a great show, and I'm really excited about the information that you bring your listeners, and uh, it's just dynamic how you have different uh, authors on and and different people, and you cover so many topics. So good. Good to you that you're doing that and bringing the listeners all of that. And good to Deborah, even though she's not here today. There you go. Well, thank you for that. We appreciate that. Uh, I want to uh, have a little more information about you, though, and like our audience to know a little bit more about you. And the way we try to do that on this show is we ask you for your two-minute movie, uh, a little quick uh, newsreel of only spoken instead of shown uh, about what you've done in the past, where you've been, what you do, and bring us up to date on, on what you're doing now. And then we'll get into our conversation. And by the end of the show, you'll have an opportunity to give your shameless self-promotions. And uh, that will kind of be the format of how we do it here. So uh, please, by all means, uh, if you don't mind, Judy, give us give us your two-minute two movie. Well, my two-minute movie starts with the fact that, uh, first and foremost, I am a mother of ten, his, mine, and ours. And I am so excited to be part of the medical team at Executive Medicine of Texas. And uh, my degree is actually in clinical research from George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. And that really um, is what has brought me full circle into health and wellness and why we need to be taking better care of ourselves because as we are going through through life and we're aging uh, to numbers that our parents and grandparents never could have seen, it has just become impressed on my heart that, that I should be part of that education to help people um, to live the best that they can and do the best that they can do. Well, it is important, and uh, with, with so many of us, meaning baby boomers, uh, 
outliving our retirement, if you will, for uh, lack of a better way of saying it, I guess, uh, we're probably better off trying to outlive it in a healthy manner rather than an unhealthy manner. Well, that's exactly right. Um, We have a book, Stay Young, Ten Proven Steps to Ultimate Health, and we talk about things in that book and the ten steps, and we talk about them, and they're not rocket science. I mean, we need to be eating right. We need to be getting enough sleep. Um, We even have Chapter 8, which is is about having enough sex in your life, Um, and, and all of the things that make us healthy human beings. And we want to be that... 60, 70, even 80, 90-year-old that is feeling good, that's able to enjoy uh, their family, that's able to have second and third hobbies, maybe they develop later in life. And um, it really is a matter of personal responsibility on the health and wellness side to get that reward later in life. If If you do the things that each day that matter and just baby steps, just small changes, and you're really going to make such a huge impact on your life. Well, I know that to be true. Uh, If I had realized, recognized, or been smart enough to know uh, those various things that you were just mentioning, when I was younger, I certainly, you know, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. (laughs) Uh, And and really, that's really what, what it amounts to, I think, isn't it? It definitely is. And to to the credit of a lot of people who are now 60, 70, and 80, they didn't know that smoking was bad for them. I mean, there were old ads where the doctors, you know, they would say, your doctor has prescribed you a cigarette a day or right. an hour or whatever. So you have to put it in the context. I mean, some of these things that, that are happening to people um, that are of that age are because they just lived in a different time. But now we have the knowledge. We have the knowledge that smoking is, and, and tobacco of any sort is not good for our bodies. We know that things like artificial sweeteners can age us. We know that alcohol not only does the liver in, but but actually shortens our telomeres on the ends of our chromosomes and, and ages us faster. So there's a lot of information that we now know, and even if in our past we've done things that were harmful to our bodies, it's never too late to make those healthy choices and to add um, years back on your life. Is it is it in many cases, though, that uh, you may not be able to rejuvenate or revitalize whatever has, is now in, um, uh, now in deficit, but you will be able to stop the further uh, demise by changing habits, uh, doing eating better, getting more exercise, so on and so forth. How much of that plays in versus how much do you think you can actually uh, regenerate uh, what was there? Well, Pete, you know, it's kind of a dual answer. Um, there are some things that you do damage and you can't um, repair that damage. But choosing rainbow diet like fruits and vegetables that have a lot of color in them getting enough sleep starting exercise if you smoke stop um there there are things that you can do that can um help you regenerate to the extent that you can regenerate um some of it you, you will have loss and not be able to gain back but a lot of it um you actually can add those years on cuz part of it is stopping the the runaway train and and other part of it is repairing the track so to speak so i wouldn't say that for people that have lived unhealthy lives that there you know there's no hope because that's simply not true um there's always hope there's always hope that you can be healthier but it does take such effort on the part of the person and personal responsibility to make those healthy choices every day. Make sure you're getting enough water. It's simple things. So take whatever you weigh. Say you weigh 200 pounds. You cut that number in half. So now we've got 100, and that's the number of ounces you should be drinking in a day. So you take your weight, cut the number in half, and that's how many ounces of water per day. More if you exercise, or like you're in Arizona, um, I'm in Texas, if you're in the summer and it's it's hot, then obviously you need more water um, because of that. But there are just simple things that our body needs, and if we can give our body what it needs, it's going to perform much better. 
Actually, I've uh, we've had some other uh, health professionals, dietary professionals, and so on, so forth on the show. And one of the things that they all seem to have in common, and they all seem to say, and you just said it yourself, is water. Water is almost as if it's the magic elixir. Well, it is, and people don't realize how much of our bodies is made up of water. And everything about our body takes water. Our brain needs water to function properly. So if you're having trouble with cognition or you have foggy brain or people are saying, boy, they're getting so forgetful, pay attention to how much water you're drinking because being dehydrated can cause you to almost think, maybe I'm getting Alzheimer's. (laughs) What's going on? I can't seem to remember things. Um, It's not just that, leg cramps, fatigue, um, not being able to sleep well, getting urinary tract infections. I mean, you can just name all of these things, and a lot of them go back to proper hydration. Well, it really it really is amazing, because uh, I, I know for a fact when uh, not that many years ago when I was playing golf, <clears throat> I, I got into drinking uh, a particular soft drink, uh, sugar-free, carbonated, um, it was a a cherry kind of a drink, a cola slash cherry drink, and I just loved it. It was a diet drink, and I thought, oh, man, this is so good, and it's a diet drink too, and I was drinking this thing like a fish, and all of a sudden I started to get aches in my shoulders and my mm-hmm. knees and my hips, and I'm going, what the heck is going on here? And I narrowed it down to that, and I got off of that beverage, and I started drinking water and water and flushing my system, and amazing. It was amazing. Just in a matter of a day or two, I was feeling really, really good again. Well, exactly. And, two two things happened to you. One, um, if it was caffeinated, then you were being dehydrated from the caffeine. Two, you mentioned diet, so you have artificial sweeteners in there. And then also, you're not drinking water. And mm-hmm. like you said, you went off of it, you started drinking water, and you suddenly felt so much better. It's amazing how when I start drinking water again, you know, I, uh, I, I keep trying to turn the the wine into water, but that doesn't work. So. <laughs> you having your Jesus moment, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> something, like something like that, yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, jeez. There, there's something that uh, I, I know you've, uh, you're well-versed in discussing, and, and that is uh, some of the things that are changing medicine and how medicine is changing and one of the things uh, that you hear so much about nowadays is stem cells and uh, stem cells have co- uh, caused a controversy uh, very controversial to some with regard to how do they get them where do they get them when do they use them the whole nine yards so first of all why don't we talk a little bit about that if that's all right oh. and, and then also let's start with what is a stem cell well, a stem cell is the the earliest start of something. So a human stem cell is the earliest part of what it's going to become. So as an example, once we have a stem cell, then that stem cell can become, if it's uh, like parthenogenical, we'll talk about that, that stem cell can then become anything. So if you take, for example, um, an egg, a, a female egg, and from the ovary, that egg then has stem cells in it that can become anything because, as we know, it takes th- that egg then can become arms, legs, liver, lungs, brain, and so it's the stem cells, meaning everything stems from here. So that's how you can kind of remember that. Um, and then in plants, they have stem cells, and uh, animals have stem cells. Everything kind of comes from that. It almost is like when you think about chemistry and you think about atoms. So, um, But if you think about stem cells and you think about in human stem cells, the body, and how those are the beginnings. So at the beginning, the stem cell doesn't have it, – it's pure. It doesn't have things like – cancer or doesn't have um, aging when we talk about um, the the earliest stem cells, like the parthenogenic stem cells. Now, as we age, our body is, is made up of stem cells, and then those those stem cells can be particular. So we can have stem cells that are already identified as something. So they're liver stem cells or they're skin stem cells are they're they're already identified as something and the reason that it's so important to explain um the parthenogenic stem cells or the stem cells from the the uh 
the egg or the oocyte is because there's something that's so exciting right now, and that is that there's a company, International Stem Cell Corporation, is doing a lot of research on stem cells for a number of diseases, um, Parkinson's, diabetes, blindness, just to name a few. And um, they now have developed something that's very near and dear to my heart, and <laughs> and and that is um, the Lifeline stem cell cream. I use it on my face, and it has just turned back the clock, gotten rid of the, the brown spots, the, the wrinkles are gone. I mean, it's amazing. I run into people that I haven't seen in a while, and they're like, oh, my gosh. I almost didn't recognize you. You look so young. And that's after eight weeks. And so if you think about the power within a stem cell, the power within that true fountain of youth and um, all that medicine holds within that. We recently had uh, Ethan Zahn on our uh, radio show, the Staying Young show. And Ethan, as many of your listeners may remember, was one of the survivor winners and uh he was just a fantastic human being but unfortunately after survivor was over he came down with Hodgkin's lymphoma and he had gone through just a number of uh cancer treatments and it, his brother gave him stem cells and he's now cancer free and it it's remarkable what we are able to do at this point in time of course as you know Pete it wasn't always like that that's right. Is there anything known that stem cells cannot help to regenerate? You know, that's a good question, and I don't, um, I don't believe that anything's been identified. And if it has, then I have not been made aware of it, um, because it is the the basis of, of life and the basis of each cell and each uh, part of our body. It's it basically is like starting over. Now, um, there may be, and and I just may not be aware of it, something that it doesn't work on, but one thing that is important to understand is the, uh, and this is as consumers for for your listeners, there <laughs> there's a lot of um, misuse of the word stem cells. Right. For example, there is, a lot of creams and things out there that are plant stem cells. There's even one that's sheep stem cells. And they sell it to people and say, oh, it's made with stem cells, and, and it's it's plant. Well, if you think about um, an apple, and an apple falls off of a tree, and or even if you just barely touch it and it bruises, plants don't have the ability to regenerate themselves, not like the human body. And so these plant stem cell creams and plant uh, stem cell extracts and whatnot, it's really the other things that are being put in the product that are the um, the, the benefits. It's not the stem cells themselves. And the, and the human body can't recognize plant stem cells because we're not a plant. and Or sheep stem cells because we're not sheep. <laughs> so. Right. Because early on there were a lot of uh, ethical issues surrounding the use of stem cells, then a lot of uh, cosmeceuticals um, came out and said, hey, well, let's use plant or let's use this or that and then market it that way. So it's really a matter of education uh, for the for your listeners on when stem cells are good and can be used and, and what's just propaganda. Well, let's go back uh, a minute to uh, the the face cream you said you use. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the name of that again? It's it's called Lifeline. It's Lifeline. the only FDA approved human stem cell cream available. Um, they can stayyoungskin.com is a website if your uh, listeners are interested. Stayyoungskin.com is where they can order it, and. Um, I use it. The physicians I work with use it. The office staff uses it. <laughs> Almost all of our patients use it. It's, it literally is amazing. So it sounds like that's the place to go to see the beautiful people. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how old you are, but the picture that you have on your website, <laughs> you certainly don't look like however old you are, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Thank so you. If, 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 that, if you're using that stem cell cream on your face it's doing it's wonderful i mean you, you look absolutely marvelous well you know uh, Pete, i'll send you my before and after headshot <laughs> and you won't yeah. believe it <laughs> there you go 
Um, there, there, what is the controversy in stem cells? I mean, there, there's you. They go, oh my gosh, it's stem cells. Uh, what, what is, what is the controversy with regard to the use of stem cells, or does it even exist anymore? Well, there still is some because people don't. They still think old school, and when stem cells first um, became uh, a part of our future. When people started saying, scientists started saying, wow, we can take stem cells and we can um, cure people or we can regenerate things. Where those stem cells were coming from um, is where the, where in the controversy lies. So it was always, and um, and I personally agree it should have been at this point, always a concern that people would maybe make babies for the for the sake of harvesting those mm-hmm. stem cells, mm-hmm. or that um, they would they would come from um, aborted fetuses, or they would come from um, other people without their consent. Um, so that that really was shaky ground, as it should have been, because once you get into that, and once it, something is marketable and it's a human. Um, parts <laughs> just just like you hear of kidneys being sold and <laughs> all sure, of these terrible sure. things once you go down that road you have to be extra careful and in, in how you're going to harvest these and how you're going to use them who's going to be able to use them and uh I think now we've really gotten to a a much better place with that um Suzanne Summers, another guest who's on our show a lot, she actually had her own stem cells used to regrow her breast after um, she'd had a mastectomy. Uh-huh. And so and you're, if your listeners are interested, they can actually watch her breast grow on YouTube. <laughs> It's it's really fascinating, but she was able to use her own. Like I mentioned earlier, Ethan Zahn, he had uh, help from his brother. The Lifeline Skin Cream that has the human stem cell cream in it, it actually comes from two eggs that were donated, never fertilized, so oocytes. Parthenogenic means a virgin birth, which means that they had never been fertilized. They were never going to be a fetus. They were donated eggs, and they were of the earliest of early uh, stem cells. Could grow into anything, and then so, those. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, and then those stem cells, those two same oocytes, are the ones that have been used continuously for this line. And uh, if you think of how they can reproduce, you, all you have to do is think of like yeast or maybe some of your listeners remember the the Amish bread mix, how you'd separate it and it'd grow and you'd separate it and it'd grow and it went on forever and you'd pass it on to friends. But that's a lot like uh, stem cells. They just reproduce indefinitely. That was where I, that's where I was going to go with my question, and that is uh, you, so you can't just you can't use them up. Right. They just regenerate. <clears throat> now... For instance, if if I have uh, an issue somewhere that's going on that, uh, that should be can be taken care of with stem cells, does it have to be my stem cells, or can it be any stem cell, well, uh, any any human stem cell? Well, like um, the situation with with Ethan, uh, he had his brother had uh, had donated his stem cells to cure him. And I think this is the herein lies another um another controversy. Are we going to see stem cell banks like we see blood banks and sperm mm-hmm. banks and things like that? Um it's really important that the the stem cells that are used are used ethically and there are a lot of ways that you can use your own. Um there are people that uh, including Suzanne Summers, she had, when she had the other procedures done, she had other stem cells taken out of her bone marrow and frozen. So in the event, in the future, she would need them. They would be there. Well, I, I have a I have a niece that had a bone marrow transplant because she, uh, she had had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she had a bone marrow transplant, and they harvest her, harvested her own uh, her own blood, however they did that exactly, I I don't really know. And then they used that to 
after they killed everything off, then they put that back in because it had hadn't been contaminated. I don't understand how that works, but uh, but no, she's I mean, she's fine now. I mean, and she's you know. Uh, cancer-free, which is amazing to me. And my question, I guess, is uh, if you have uh, uh, organs that are failing, let's say you had had kidney disease, and uh, can you harvest stem cells from your own kidneys and then put put them back in there? Uh, Or does it, can it be from a blood relative's kidneys and use those, assuming that their kidneys are uh, healthy? Uh, or further, maybe the, ne- the next question would be, uh, in the event, and using uh, Suzanne Summers as an example, uh, how fast does it take to grow back the organ back? Uh, if she has a situation where she has had a mastectomy, and you can watch, as you said, you go to YouTube and watch your breast grow back, how long does that take to, to regenerate another another organ? Well, I, I believe that it changes with what you are, uh, the complexity of what you're recreating. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the example of Suzanne's breast, um, breast tissue grew fairly quickly. Um, and in answer to your other questions about um, matching, matches or using your own uh, kidney stem cells, a couple of things to keep in mind is that your stem cells are of your age and may be healthy or unhealthy depending on your health and your condition. So just taking someone with kidney issues and saying we're going to harvest their stem cells out of their kidney, you have to really take in in context how healthy is that kidney? Are there any good stem cells left? And what is the age of that? Because what is so important about the the younger stem cell matches is they have more life in them. Uh-huh. And so when you think about, um, for example, earlier I mentioned telomeres. If you think about our DNA and you think about our chromosomes, and at the end of, of each chromosome is a strand called a telomere. And when we're born, those are much longer. But as we age, they shorten. As we put toxins into our body, as we develop disease, as we do all these other things, they shorten more rapidly. And think of it like a candlestick. Once it has burned out, you're done. So you have to think about using your own cells from the fact of how healthy are those or how burned down is the wick, so to speak, how much life is left in that. And that's really a call for the the expert physicians that are going to be doing those kind of transplants as to what is the the best um the best donor is it uh, a person that is getting it from themselves is it um that they're getting it from a relative? I know that in um in stem cells in using them for different cancers and this is actually on the um cancer.gov website, Uh, if you go there and you're researching stem cells and bone marrow and all that, they have found that when the donor and recipient have the same ethnic background and some other uh, similarities, that it's a a better match, so to speak. They they found that there's a a better progression uh, of cure. And whatnot, and not to get into all the science of it, but but it's uh, it really is something that is on the cutting edge. There are very few uh, physicians that are really understanding everything there is to understand. I think it's going to be one of those in ten years. We look back and go, "Gosh, what did we ever do before that?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) what did we do before cell phones? Right, before cell phones and the internet, and and that's kind of what's going on in medicine right now we're kind of realizing that we didn't know everything. And <laughs> and not just that we didn't know everything, but there's the the opportunities for healing all kinds of diseases and disorders are really closer than we think. You know, George Church at Harvard uh, is a, a big proponent, uh, as you may know, of DNA, and, and he did 
that worked on the Human Genome Project and now works on the Personal Genome Project, and they're doing something called 23andMe. And uh, I volunteered for this, so I had my DNA sequenced. And because they want to um, decode personal DNA so they can look for, okay, we have so many people with the same problem, where does that fall in their DNA? And look at different risks. Now, having having had that done, <laughs> it was like really kind of odd because I'm like, I got my results, and you have to say, are you sure you want to know? You click, yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> you know, yeah. And then everybody's even like, oh, my gosh, if they ask me again, I'm going to say no. It's but, a double, op- double opt-in, huh? It, yeah, definitely. And um, it, it was it was a real eye-opener. I mean, I, I realized that I have uh, a higher risk for Alzheimer's disease, which does run in my family. And, you know, you always kind of think, oh, yeah, well, so-and-so had it, so I probably have a risk. But when you see it in your own DNA, then it it really changes your own perception. Like for me, I was like, I am definitely going to be making sure I have my micronutrients tested. I'm definitely going to make sure that I'm I'm eating fish on a regular basis and I'm having lots of fresh vegetables, that I'm doing uh, exercise at least three times a week. I'm going to do all the things that we now know are good for that prevention because I know that I am exposed already genetically to that. And you also uh, know that you're going to start doing a lot more, uh, was it Sudoku and uh, your puzzles? And oh, that's al- right. And you're also going to and you're also going to learn Japanese real quick. <laughs> and lots of Mozart on my iPod. I'm telling you, I got it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm going to be I'm going to be smarter by the time I reach 50 than I ever was in the first four decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch me get smarter. Uh, <laughs> So, so when when you when I I just I am so amazed with this with this stem cell thing. I mean, I I could be easily become obsessed with it, I guess. Uh, but I mean, I I have this vision because I know somebody that's got severe kidney disease, and that's why I brought it up. Uh, I have this vision of putting a kidney stem cell in there and this other kidney growing next to the one that's already there. I, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Is that, is that how it works? I mean, you're talking about Suzanne Summers. All of a sudden, her breast tissue, her They're breast regenerates. Right? Yeah, and I'm going. <laughs> could I end up? Could I end up uh, having a friend that has six kidneys? I, you know, um, what? I don't. Under, I don't get it. Take uh, take me down the road a little bit further here. Well, you know, you are close. Because we do know that they are growing organs in dishes mm-hmm. um, using stem cells. Now, they don't just inject them and, wow, look what grew <laughs> yeah, right. into the body, which would be great, right? But you actually got to hook that thing up somehow. So um, they they are actually doing a lot of research on creating these organs. And you know what drives this probably more than anything else, and, and it's probably one of the good things that comes out of out of something terrible is that our soldiers, bless their hearts, are coming back with all kinds of problems. And right. because they're coming back with those problems, we're on a a um, express uh, express way of discoveries. And now we need these things more than ever because we we have these people that have given their lives and their limbs and to defend us. And now. We need to propel that that science to help them and use it for good. And um, it, what we're going to be able to do is amazing. But uh, what's being done, I don't know. You may have seen a lot of the the um, news stories of where they have soldiers come back and they're you know rec- they're giving them um, prosthesis, but they actually are smart prosthesis, so they're yes. able to kind of work with their bodies. And um, I, I'm just amazed at where medicine's going, and I think that's the, the, like I said, the good thing that comes out of something so bad and something so painful to so many. But um, there's several different um, universities that are on board. Uh, University of, of Pittsburgh is one. There's just a, a number of of great scientists that are working round the clock. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. It's like it's one big petri dish over there, isn't it? I mean, they, you yeah. never can tell what you never can tell what you're going to have coming out of there, and you never, you know, and, and it's amazing. 
where medicine and field medicine has has taken uh, these people that are now survivors that would have died not that many years ago in in the field of battle. Oh yeah, uh, they, they would have died right there. Um, uh, I, I know for a fact, and I've told this story on the air before, but my father uh, had a situation where whenever they tried to put something in or get something blood out of him, they could never find his veins. I mean, because he had these moving veins. I, I that they were elastic or rolling. Rollers. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever, the, whatever they call them. And, uh, and there were more and more frustrated uh uh, stick stick nurses uh, than you could ever imagine. They were lined up outside his door with frustration, and they would call this one guy, and he would come up from wherever he was in the in the down in the bowels of the hospital lab or wherever, and he would come up. He would grab my father's arm, and he would stick that thing in there and get it the very first time, every time. And um, and I asked him. I said, Where did you where did you come up with this technique? He says, I learned it on the battlefield in Vietnam. He says, because wow. if I did, if, if I didn't get it the first time there, I wouldn't get them and they would die. And he and he absolutely credited the fact that he was in the war, and that's where he learned how to be so effective. And I just go, wow. And there's a typical small little example, very tiny as it might be, a little example of how things change in medicine and are forced to be changed uh, by the uh, by the circumstances yeah yeah and in one thing we're doing now then more than any other time in our history is that we're sharing knowledge mm-hmm. um, in in 2011 uh, in Scotland a group of scientists actually grew a kidney um, from stem cells, and then to the size of what uh, a tiny little uh, fetus would be inside the the womb, and then transplant it into the human body, and and that actually um, worked, and it's it's really changed um, so much. It's changed the world, but just sharing that information of what they're doing and what people around the world are doing. And it's it warms my heart from the from the scientific metal, medical side of me that we're not so proud of our research anymore and, uh, you know, us four no more shut the door, that we're saying, you know what, globally our mm-hmm. human race, is so important that it's not about so much winning that award. It's well, people die <laughs> because we don't want to share the yeah, information. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really about being part of the bigger team. And we're seeing the Ivy League schools, we're seeing the um the different countries and their leading scientists come together and, and everything's taking on a whole new um meaning because just if everyone works on a piece of the puzzle and they put it together, we're going to do such good. And that's just what amazes me with uh, what's going on. And stem cells is it. I mean, because, and maybe it's because everybody has stem cells. It isn't something that was discovered in you know, the United States or discovered in Canada. Therefore, they own the rights to it. We all have them. We're all born with them. This yeah. is a human race issue not um not a pharmaceutical company issue <laughs> and so it takes on something that we're not used to well let, let's talk about the, the the pharmaceutical aspect of this um uh, I, I don't want to get us too far off track here but but by the same token there is a certain uh hold your cards close to your close to your chest uh, don't let anybody see what else you're playing. Have the poker face because you want to be able to spring it on them and go, aha, and now I have the money uh, because I was the one that brought this brought this forward. Um, is is Do you think that will ever, ever change with the pharmaceutical companies, or do you think it's uh, just going to be there all the time? You know, I don't think it's going to change, and I'll give you a, a really good example of why I feel that way. Um, I don't know how much you know about resveratrol. Not much. Okay, well, resveratrol is something that is found in the skin of grapes. We know that it is 
great healing uh, powers, and even um, Western doctors are, they're all on it. We're all on it um, because we know where this comes from. And there's a, a great scientist named Sinclair who did some fantastic research on resveratrol, and the findings were absolutely fantastic. Um, things that we've seen in our in ourselves. Um, and things like maintaining a healthy weight, reducing uh, blood sugars, great cognitive uh, function, all of these things uh, have have been things that we've seen in the patients that we put on resveratrol and in ourselves. Well, Sinclair had done a lot of research, and he was coming up with some great, great information. And once he got to a point where it was, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't turn your back on it. it. It definitely was something that that is going to be used in, in basically, I say prescribed, but it's not a prescription, but recommended by physicians. GlaxoSmithKline came in and bought him out and shut down his research. And uh, they're looking for a synthetic version of it because you can't, can't patent it because it's the way it is now. It's found in nature. So, you know, that makes me sad. It makes me sad because here's something found in nature, relatively inexpensive, especially for what it does, and the pharmaceutical companies want a piece of it so bad that um, they're going to go to great lengths to find a synthetic form, a fake form, and... um, and then go out there and be able to patent it. And I think that brings us a lot to where we are today. And it's sad. So how does somebody get hold of resveratrol? Or resveratrol. Um, there are different places that sell it. We have our. It's in our vitamin line. We have a pharmaceutical-grade vitamin line. Uh, if you go to stayyoungvitamins.com, uh, you can find it there. But... Uh, we put it in our vitamin line, and we did it in pharmaceutical grade because how it's manufactured is significant. It has to be manufactured in a certain temperature and and, and the exposure to light and this, that, and the other. So there are other resveratrols um, on the market, but the, the doses vary, um, where they come from vary, and how they're produced vary. So you can you can get it. I, I tell people be do your homework um, if you're going to get it, or you know go to stayyoungvitamins.com and get it. Um, it's it's remarkable. It's is absolutely remarkable. One of our physicians he tells the story, and he's on the radio a lot. He tells the story, and it's um, it's a great story. He he has an app on his iPhone called Mental Age. Maybe some of your listeners have have it, and you do these little things and it tells you what your mental age is. So he said, before I start taking resveratrol, he says, I'm going to do my mental age twice a day, every day, for three weeks. And and I'm going to write all my results down. Then I'm going to go on it. <laughs> and then he said, after I've been on it for a month, I'm going to do redo this. He said, my own little experiment on myself. And it was fascinating. It was absolutely remarkable what had uh, transpired. I mean, his mental age, he had become 10 years younger mentally just on his ability to do these little puzzles. And he turned 50 this year, and um, it it was really it was really neat. And that was the only change he made. And he eats clean. He exercises a lot. He's, he's a very healthy guy. And that was, uh, that was the, the one change. But he said, if I'm right... He said, if I'm right based on all this research that's been done, then I should do better. And he was right. And it's 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 really neat <laughs> to, to watch something that you know is natural, um, that you know is healthy, and then watch the benefits it has to us. We've kind of gotten away from living off the land, so to speak, and we've gotten into so much processed foods that you go back to something that's just so simple, and, and it's from nature, and it's so simple, and it has such great benefits. 
There was there was a show that I did. Oh, jeez, I can't remember how long ago. It's been we've been doing this show for almost four to five years now, and uh, and there was a show that I did, and I don't remember who or where it was uh, was on the show, but they were talking about this back to this back to nature movement and the fact that uh, we need to get close to nature. Everybody needs to be closer to nature. Then they, of course, were saying eat eat vegetarian and so on and so forth. Grow your fruit for, grow your food from the take it from the land, not the processed stuff. And, and I understand all that. But one of the things they said was that we're walking around right now with shoes and socks on concrete and asphalt, and we never have any kind of direct contact with the earth, yeah. with with Mother Earth. And they said, you really need to get out in the country and go walk in, or somewhere and go walk with uh, on Mother Earth and so you can get that rejuvenation. And and I and at that time I was thinking to myself as I was doing the show, I'm going, yeah, well, okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but the, I, I've had those moments, and later, you know, I'm like, "Gosh, why did I think that was so far out there?" <laughs> exactly. It's like, who well, I have on this show? What kind of wackadoodle is this? And and the That's fact a medical the term, wackadoodle. <laughs> wackadoodle, exactly. And I and I think, and, and after the ride, I think, you know, here I'm saying to myself. Pete, stop and think. You lived in Southern California. You were in San Diego, for crying out loud, and you would enjoy and just feel so good and so rejuvenated and so relaxed just by going and walking on the beach next to the ocean. It's right in front of my eyes, and I never even stopped to realize what it was. Because I was, at the time, I had an illness that was, it was, it was, he was kicking my fanny for a little while, and I wanted to go out, and I and I and I wasn't feeling well enough to get in the ocean. It was too cold to get in the ocean, but I would go out the ocean, and I would have my windbreaker on, and, and Deborah and I would uh, just walk along the ocean and relax, and take a chair and sit and just watch the waves. And amazing how much quicker, how much better you felt when that was happening. So there's something to to be said about that, and it really isn't all that wackadoodle after all. That's right. <laughs> it isn't that wackadoodle, and um, it's it's good to see that um, people are are coming to terms with it. Um, not just people like you and I, but people in the scientific world. Um, it uh, used to be the tree huggers versus the scientists, you know, <laughs> and, and literally it the the, you know, the tree huggers are trying to are starting to realize science isn't so bad, and the scientists are out there hugging trees. And I think that that's where we're going to find some of the, the good answers that are eventually going to save our lives. Well, I think you're probably absolutely right because I mean we can uh, we can really uh, do ourselves in by just uh, not not being involved in so many of these other things that are out there, and it really is a a, a natural thing. And uh, I'm, possibly some of these naturopaths are, aren't all that far wrong, you know, not far removed from what. Uh, what really can help a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Talk talk to me a little bit more about your organization, the uh, the, the Texas Medical... Uh, executive Medicine of Texas. Executive, exactly, yeah. yeah. What is, exactly what is that? Well, Executive Medicine of Texas, uh, and those that want to look it up on the web, is emtexas.com. That's emtexas, spelled out, dot com, is uh, a place of, of health and wellness we have people that fly in from all over the world, and they they see us for half day physical exams or hormone replacement therapy or um, fitness and nutrition. But the whole journey here for a patient is to one find out where their health status is. You know, we take everything into account: family history, um, your own health uh, questionnaire, 24 pages. We want to know all kinds of things. Before the doctor even starts examining you, he wants to understand you as a patient and, you know, what kind of things are you dealing with? Do you have stress at work, stress at home? Are you sleeping well? All of these things. And then um, the patients are put through a, a battery of, of uh, I hate that word, sounds like abuse, but <laughs> a battery of, of tests. Uh, 80, 87, I believe, lab tests uh, are basics are the basic lab tests, and um, 
maybe they go for full body scans. Sometimes we have them on VO2 max stress tests so we can check the oxygen uh, and other gas exchanges between the heart and lungs. And then once all of this information is gathered, uh, fitness assessment, all of it, it's all gathered up and looked at, and then we can give a report that says, here's where you are, and here's where you need to go, and here's how you're going to get there, and basically give those patients a roadmap because we can be on the radio all day long and tell people, you need to be healthier. But if they don't know how to get there or they don't know how they are unhealthy, then how in the world are they going to make the changes they need to make? So that's that's what we do. We um, have changed lives, just tons of lives um, here. And in, in all of our, our staff here, they know our patients by name, our patients have the doctor's cell phone number. They don't abuse it. It's it's kind of old-fashioned, but, you know, they, they say, here's my number. If you need me, call me. I mean, and um, we've had patients call in the middle of the night from China because they're ill. But you know what? That's what the doctor's there for. And um, it's it's a different approach. It's a, almost a cross between Western medicine with a, a slight uh, turn towards holistic in the sense that, you have to look at the whole person. You have to look at everything about them. Um, maybe they have some issues. Uh, maybe they have high cholesterol. Maybe they have um, diff- different problems. But what we don't want to do, and not that medication is bad, because sometimes that is the answer. So don't don't uh, let that come. Let me come across wrong there. What we try to do is say, how can we get healthy in the healthiest way? Because once you start prescribing one thing, sometimes you got to prescribe something else for the side effects, and you got to prescribe something else because that's causing another part of your body to shut down. And um, and sometimes those medications are necessary, but sometimes if we can catch all these problems early, and we can make some some very um, sometimes simple changes, then it just changes everything. We've had we've had patients come in and, you know, they have had multiple problems. And one of them may include erectile dysfunction. And they've been on Viagra for two years. And we test their micronutrients and find out they have a zinc deficiency. <laughs> and we correct their deficiencies and they're doing great. And they're off of that stuff. And they're doing great because we've got to the root of the problem. And sometimes the root of the problem is simple. You just have to know what test to do. Well, that that just makes perfect sense, really, because we don't we can't know ourselves by looking at ourselves in the mirror. It's not like looking at your oil and saying, "Oh, you're a quart low." Right. Uh, you know, you you don't have a dipstick, so to speak, that you can stick in and out into various parts of your body and say, well, this one is, is uh, deficient here and that one's deficient there, uh, you've got to uh, you, you've got to have the testing. So, and you say this is a half-day of uh, a half-day visit? It is. It's a half-day visit. Um, if people that are coming from out of town, we have uh, several affiliate uh, hotels um, and people can stay overnight and we have a driver that brings them here or picks them, can pick them up from the airport, take them to the hotel, they come in for their testing, we can get them back to the airport. Um and it's it's really I think everybody should do it. I mean it just it's an investment in your life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to take the time to invest in yourself and say, you know what, I'm gonna do this for me. We have people that give this as a gift <laughs> and the people mm-hmm. that come in as the recipient say, This is the best gift anybody's given me because basically they've just told me they want me to be around. Sure. And um it's it really is about living uh, a long and productive and and healthy life. It's not about just making it to some number and doing that sitting in a nursing home. You know, right. it, it's about living in your home and and enjoying your family and having really cool hobbies. We had a a lady on our show who in she's writing a new book and she uh, she actually is part of our new book. She's fantastic. She turned 100 um, in last June. Her name's Lucille. And as part of her interview for the book, we asked her to give us you know, the top 10 things and that she would advice she would give people to make it to 100. 
And, you know, of course, it was a lot of the usual. Um, she grew up eating a lot of blueberries and uh, always exercised. She used to do six hours, um, I mean, six miles a day. Now she does uh, uh, half a mile to a mile a day at 100. So she's doing good. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and she uh, she actually, when she got to the end of the list, she said, you know, I left off the most important thing. She said, I left off that you have to forgive and I, it was so powerful. She said, you have to forgive. She said, my whole life, I've forgiven people. And I've forgiven them for the little things and the big things. She says, if you can do that, that may be the, the key and the secret. And so it was it was a fascinating um, interview with her. She's, she's really a, a great human being. But the message she gives to all of us is that we got to take care of ourselves but we also can't stress out about the other things. And and I love the the whole forgiveness thing. I mean, that just is great. It's not scientific. I mean, I'm sure it is, you know, the the stress relief, but it's it's so basic. And sometimes in life, things are just so basic, whether we're talking about you know, cures from from grapes or we're talking about our own human stem cells or or the fact that we need to drink enough water. It it all kind of goes back to the basics. So if I were to go on a water and resveratrol diet. <laughs> you get skinny. <laughs> really skinny. <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> so, but, but you'd be really smart and, and highly yeah. hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> I could be smart about the water I drink. Uh, it's uh, it's it's really amazing that there are so many things in nature, as we've already touched on, that people just would be much better off if they would avail themselves of it uh, on a regular basis, uh, without overdoing it. Uh, you know, everything and everything in moderation. Uh, I think is maybe some some watchwords also. Uh, you can have a beer, but you can't have six beers. You know. Right. right. Uh, you can have a glass of wine, but don't drink the whole bottle. Uh, that you know, whatever the case might be. But uh, it's it's probably chances are pretty good. It's probably something your mom and dad taught you. That's everything right. I learned, everything I learned, I uh, I learned in kindergarten. Is that is that the story of the book? Is it is. Yeah, everything I learned. Just like me, I wrote the book. Everything I learned about business, I found in my golf bag. <laughs> uh, I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Um, it, it, it's interesting. We really have all the information and all the knowledge. I mean, it's going to be updated. It's going to be it's going to be magnified. It's going to be proven one way or another. But the good common sense is is a, a, a watchword for the for the day to stay healthy. And who would think for a minute that you shouldn't be exercising? Really? Right. I mean, what would make you think that? Oh, I can sit here and eat bonbons, laying on the couch with my feet up, and uh, changing channels with with the remote, and I'm going to be healthy? I mean, come on, boys and girls, get a grip. Uh, it's uh, pretty interesting, isn't it? It how really people, is. How people justify things. Well, I told you that we were going to come down to the short rows. We're here. We're at the short rows, as they see out in the country, where they do the farming. We're down to the short rows now. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, your shameless self-promotion. Tell us all about how they can get hold of you at the various locations and how they can dial in your radio show and whatever else you want people to know. Oh, great. Well, if you're interested in uh, downloading the Stayin' Young show, there's well over 100 episodes. You can go to iTunes.com. iTunes.com is free. And search the Stayin' Young show. All the past shows are there, and they are free. And then also, if uh, you're interested in resveratrol or any of the other supplements in the Stay Young Vitamin line, which is pharmaceutical-grade supplements, you can go to stayyoungvitamins.com. And then lastly, if uh, we've been talking all hour about stem cells, and if you're interested in the Lifeline Human Stem Cell Cream, the only human stem cell cream that's FDA-approved and available in the United States, you can go to stayyoungskin.com, stayyoungskin.com. Well, thank you very much, Judy. I, I really do appreciate your taking the time today. It's been a very enjoyable conversation. I've loved every minute of it, and uh, who knows, we may have to do this again sometime. I'd love to. Thanks, Pete. Uh, all right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Best best to you and your colleagues. Thank you so much. So we have been talking to Ms. Judy Garman, uh, Gammon, I'm sorry, Judy Gammon, with regard to all the things that they're involved in, 
for uh, good health and uh, nutrition and so on. So uh, we're certainly glad that she was with us. Uh, and uh, one of the places that you could go to see some of the things she has is the stayyoungvitamins.com. And uh, that's where I wrote that note down because I'm going to take a look at some of that resveratrol stuff, see if I can get my smarts back. Um, but anyhow, we do appreciate that she was with us. This is the Boomer the Babe Show. We'll be back again tomorrow with some more programming. We hope you'll be able to join us. Thank you very much for listening today. Take care. Have a great day, everybody. interesting conversation to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter where we tweet as Boomer and Babe and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerandthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started.